Welcome to the PCS to Corporate America podcast from Cameron Brooks. Our mission here at Cameron Brooks is to help educate junior military officers about their transition options and to inspire veterans to transform their lives and their careers. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Cameron Brooks podcast. Today, we're hosting another roundtable discussion with Joel Junker and Pete Van Epps to share with you our three game-changing strategies for junior military officers looking to make the jump to business. Deciding to step out of a career in government service and into a career in the private sector is a big step. Our team works hard to provide different career planning strategies to the officers in our program, and today we wanted to share some of these strategies with you. Everyone knows the old adage, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And one of the biggest missteps we see officers make when approaching a transition is assuming your military experience is sufficient preparation to successfully move to corporate America and or not starting your transition research far enough in advance. So having a strategy is key to putting the right foot forward. And after listening to this episode, we hope you walk away with additional insights on how to approach your transition and career search. So what are the three strategies? Number one, find opportunities where you can build a track record of success, typically within three to five years. Number two, work for an industry-leading company that provides the right number of experiences and opportunities to lead early in your career. And number three, Work for an organization that values the JMO experience and provides opportunities to achieve results, setting the foundation for your future. All right. So, Pete, we're going to hop right into it. And I know that we need to back up and just have a little bit of context here um, from the perspective of, you know, the military officer. But there's also additional perspectives when career planning. Yeah. And thanks for uh, thanks for giving us that intro and opening it up. And Joel's going to kick us off with the first um, the first strategy, but but we thought it was important to just appreciate the context from which we're from which we're coming, and that is career planning. So this podcast is really the three strategies that we're going to set up for you are really through that lens or in the context of career planning. As Hope said a moment ago you know, one of the biggest mistakes we see military officers make in moving from the military to corporate America is they assume that their military experience is sufficient for making the move to corporate America. And so as we talk about these strategies, hopefully we'll reveal that usually that's not sufficient for making the move. And so think about career planning, or at least let me describe career planning from two different perspectives, from the military officer's perspective in the transition, as well as what companies are looking for when they're hiring hiring a military officer. And so from your perspective, military officer's perspective, think about career planning as we define the transition. And if you want to know more about how we define a transition, you can find that in episode 116 of this podcast, but I'll summarize it very quickly. So the way that we define transition starts around when you make the move out of the military, start your start your new career, and it lasts typically somewhere in the three to five year range where you are building a skill set, building a network, achieving things in your organization that allow you really to change the way you market yourself. You know, when you get out of the military, you're marketing yourself as a military leader, an experienced leader with business potential, 
But three to five years later, really with a skill set, you're marketing yourself as that. You're marketing yourself as a business professional with a skill set who happened to come from the military. So as we're thinking about, about career, plan, career planning, I'd like to kind of remind you of how we define the word transition. And then the other piece about career planning is this idea about succession planning. And so in corporate America, every company, just like the military, is building and growing their leadership bench. So they have regularly scheduled meetings where the managers and directors of organizations are looking out long-term and looking at their leadership bench. And so as we're describing these three strategies, just appreciate that just like the military, corporate America does not stop hiring nor promoting as people continue to matriculate into leadership roles in an organization. So with that being said, and with that foundation led or laid down, Let's get into the three strategies. So Joel's going to take us through the first strategy, finding opportunities to build a track record of success. And, you know, I can never really just stay on script here and go right into what I'm supposed to say. I want to tell a story um, that I think illustrates this really well. I was talking to a Navy junior officer getting out here in the next several months and really struggling um, in what he's doing right now for the transition and making a choice because he's defining the transition of how much money he can make and where he can live. So he has, um, he said a six, low six figure offer back in his hometown. And he is, he, so when I asked him about that, that's what's attractive to him. The nature of the work wasn't attractive to him. I asked him how often this company has hired junior officers or uh, people like him for development roles. And he said, I'd be the first. And of course, we've had companies that have been first as well uh, that come through Karen Brooks, but there's a lot of education and vetting. And so if he's doing this on their own and they've never hired junior officers before, there's a really good chance they don't know what a junior officer is or getting into the right role. So he's kind of defining success like, I'm going to be out of the military in June. I've got a job that's paying well, it's in my hometown. What I have seen in my almost 23 years now is that feels good, it ticks on a lot of emotions. It puts the pain of, I gotta have a job, where do I wanna live, I have enough money off the side. But from the long-term perspective, he could be, I don't know this, right? I, he could be headed towards the do-over and not making the transition because he has not done any other interview to compare options. And the goal of what we're talking about here in these, this, these three steps is that it's not just getting out, getting a good, good job in a good location, but that is Pete said, you get that transition so that from you can go so many different directions. And that starts with first and foremost, getting into a role, strategy one, getting into a role where you could build a track record of success. So using this person's example, we don't know. No other JMO's ever done that before in the role he's gonna go into. Nor has he probably done a lot of the quizzing of this organization to make sure that he's going to get the track record of success. That he's gonna have the opportunity to take his resume, which has got Navy all over it. And in three to five years, three quarters of his resume now will say, or half to three quarters will now say, 
this business operations leadership, the job, couple job titles probably, and like six major accomplishments where he impacted on results of his organization. And that is important because that's now experience he can utilize to talk about when he goes out for promotional interviews, he, if he so chooses to pivot to another company in five years, to build off of another way to look at it is that, so a company's now gonna look at his resume and say, oh yes, I like a veteran, I like a military person, but this person also has a lot of experience in this industry, because right now he's a military person with no business experience, that three to five years that gets that opportunity to get that track record of success. He now, as Pete said earlier, think about it from the resume. It's got that Navy stuff at the bottom, but at that top, business experience, it relates to industries, companies get it. And now he's now approaching that point where, hey, I am a business leader with a track record of success who happens to have been a military officer. And those opportunities will just come, they'll, be, they'll just blossom, they'll be out there for him. The, the other, I'm, I'm concerned, and I don't know, this could work out. We know people that have, we know friends when we were getting out that did this and it works out for them. But it's, it's risky when you get into a role that you can't really get the success and you end up doing a do-over and getting to the right one. Now look at your resume. It's getting out of the Navy, go for a job for a year, do-over. Companies, that spells a little risk for them. So that's why it's important to get into roles that, build your track record of success. Well, and Joel said, we, we have friends that you, he and I getting out of the military. We both have friends who did it and it worked, but I also have friends who got out of the military and did multiple do-overs. So the argument or the, the point is not, Hey, you know, you're absolutely going to do a do-over. The point is you're introducing more risk into an already risky or more non-traditional move. And so as good military officers, like we think about how to mitigate risk more often than not. And so that that's a big point. Okay, Joel, thank you for kind of illustrating that and giving an, an example and a story. Uh, so just for our listeners, would you mind coloring in what the differences are between roles that will enable you to build a track record of success versus maybe some of those who aren't as good as, at doing that? And it's going to play into, I mean, this is going to blend into also um, strategy number three, finding organizations that value, because you're really looking for, okay, who gets me? I'm going to do a conversation. I just love telling stories. I'm talking to somebody later this afternoon that has been doing some interviewing. He's got a little bit of a unique background, um, but he's still a junior officer. But he says, I keep interviewing with people, but nobody, they don't get me. They don't understand my background. And um, so he's, he's struggling to find them. I think that's the hard things that when you're getting out, you got to work in the military, you got to prepare to get out and you got to find companies that have openings and then find which ones that really get you. One that, the one that usually typically drops off really quick is how do you know which ones that really get you, the companies and the positions. So how, how can you tell if that position really gets you? Well, Again, it ties back to the company, and I think um, we're going to address that in a little bit. But I think we could talk about what, what may not be good fits. Um, you think about roles that really, they don't really value the junior, junior military officer, maybe as a differentiator. Maybe it's they're hiring all veterans. 
or maybe it's a big cohort of people. Well, they get you on one hand. It's not like they really get you. They're going to rotate you. They're going to put you through different positions. That's what they do to college graduates. And we talked about this before. You know, there's so many copying of what college graduates do in a transition, right? Because there's some similarities. College people transition to the real world. Military transition from military to business. So they say, well, we use kind of the rotational and cohorts with college people or internships do that as well. Well, those don't always help you build a track record of success. They're there to evaluate you. Then a year later, get you into the role where so you've kind of fallen behind in that track record of success. I think you've got family and friends. Hey, I can help you out. I can put you in touch with so-and-so. I know so-and-so that, again, is that position capitalizing on your military experience? Does it get, I use my own experience, an armor officer who's been leading maintenance of turbine engines and hydraulic systems and managing logistics for food, fuel, and ammunition? Do they get that? They're going to look at that and they have to, so much they're, they're having to speak a foreign language or read a foreign language on your resume and say, how does that relate over here? I see leadership, I see logistics, but it's not really in our world. So they end up like putting you in a role below that because they don't see the experience that you bring. And then what happens is you start getting in the role and you feel underemployed. You feel like I'm not being fully engaged. Heck, that might've been one of the reasons you decided to get out. You wanted to be more engaged, have more upside. Well, you didn't solve it because you didn't get into a role that really, really gets you. And there is some risk when family and friends who get you as a person and love you, hey, I can set you up a so-and-so, set you up a so-and-so, that, hey, does this company really have a role defined for a high potential military officer or as an internship where you're interning? and rotating or cohorting, is that really designed to do that? That's the danger. Now, yeah, it's a selfish plug for a firm like Cameron Brooks. We do spend a lot of time vetting positions. Pete and I here in the office, we sit very close to Chuck and Warren around the client companies. They are on call, the video call after video call, talking to three, four hiring managers at the same time, vetting the position. They are talking a lot about the role. Where, why are they recruiting for this role? Where do they typically get this person? How can they see junior military officer fitting in this role? Where does it go to next? What skills are they looking for? And that's what the new ones, the existing ones, you've got alumni that are coming back to recruit from those hiring managers who have hired from us for decades, that they already get that track record. That is the value that Cameron Brooks brings is I guess you get into that right role because so it keeps you engaged and you build that track record. I think keeping yourself engaged in the role is a really good point in building a track record of success, because if you're not engaged, then you won't want to continue in the role and that will not allow you to build the track record of success. So making sure that some, you are stepping into a role that is going to be challenging and, and um, keep your attention is really important and something to consider. Um, and so I know you talked a lot about, you know, sitting close to hearing Lauren and Chuck talk to client companies. And so, you know, through the lens of succession planning and developmental careers and things like that, I, I know Pete, you have some experience with that, um, with Johnson Johnson. Yeah. J- just a little bit of my own experience as I was, um, as I left the military partnering with Cameron Brooks, I launched my career at Johnson and Johnson and spent three and a half years in the sales role. 
But when I was going for that next promotion or that first promotion, actually, um, you know, my resume had multiple experiences about me and accomplishments about me in a sales job. And so when I was interviewing for that next position, I actually had the opportunity to choose and evaluate which way I wanted to take my career. But when I was interviewing for that next position, as Joel said earlier, my resume, the very bottom of my resume had was was some of my military experience, but it was a very small part of the resume. The preponderance of the resume was what I'd been doing for the last three and a half years. And that skill set and the whole interview, frankly, they didn't even ask me about my military experience whatsoever. The whole interview was about what I'd done previously over the last three and a half years and what I could contribute to the organization moving forward. So when we talk about finding the right opportunities that allow you to build a track record success in your skill set, that that's the that's how you'll use your resume to propel your career to the next level through the transition. And that just kind of segues really well into our second strategy. Uh, so working for an industry leader that provides the right experience mm-hmm. and the right opportunities. Would you mind defining industry leader and kind of leading us through this strategy? For sure. So an industry leader, and in, in, you know, when I think about this, it's, it, multiple industries, sub-industries, but basically it's a company who's leading in their industry market. They're number one, they're number two, they're number three in terms of the product they make or the service they provide, or maybe a combination of both. And so, you know, I looked at the, our very latest conference, the April, 2022 conference, just in evaluating industry leading companies from that conference and only a handful here that were at the conference that many people may not have heard of that I want to just present in the podcast just to give perspective. There was a company at the conference called Procept Biorobotics. Procept is a company that has the only surgical robotic instrument or surgical robot that treats a very specific type of um, um, malady that's called benign prostatic hyperplasia, BPH. And they are leading in their industry. Frankly, they're the only company that makes a surgical robot that treats that procedure. Another Brightview Health. Brightview Health is using data and information in order to treat um, addiction in an outpatient uh, setting. Another Spencer Stewart. Spencer Stewart is one of the big four leadership advisory companies. And then Protivity. Um, You know, I was actually watching the golf tournament this weekend and I saw somebody with a logo, Protivity's logo on their their uh, on their shirt. I hadn't seen that previously, but Protivity is one of the leading consulting firms focusing, focusing a lot of what they do in IT consulting. And so the, the point in that notice, I didn't mention any company names that are household names, you know, none of the, you know, the FANG stocks, Facebook, Amazon, Google, you know, companies like that. Although those are, those are great companies and certainly industry leading companies. The point is there's so many industry leading companies that um, that we haven't heard of before potentially that are interested in bringing on military officers. And so we talk about industry leaders, we're talking about getting into the right opportunities, the right experiences. What are those? Well, right opportunities are ones that will allow you to take advantage of your skills and your experiences in order to build that track record of success um, in, in order to build that skill set. And so it could, 
but not only that, it could be other things like getting into an opportunity where there are advisors and mentors to help in the process where you're not just thrown into a situation where you can have direct access to advisor and mentors that may have a similar back background to yours, familiar with your background to help you get over some of the, the changes and some of the differences between the military and your new company. A lot of the companies, I was talking to an individual yesterday who has only been in the company for six months and he's a part of the Veterans Leadership Council. So he immediately found a way to plug into a group of people with shared similar experiences and uh, and talking about you know some of that experience, but talking about it as it relates to making contributions in the present at the company. And then the last point I wanna make here is and we make this point in our um, a couple of different places, but one of the places we make it is getting in uh, or in our, into uh, the webcast that we do for officers considering Cameron Brooks. And we talk about A tier versus B tier companies. And the point in a, this this point about A tier and B tier companies is, and even in my own experience as a hiring manager at Johnson and Johnson, A tier companies hire from A tier companies. I remember having a, a specific conversation with my boss as a division manager, and I was evaluating a resume and it really looked good on paper. And I presented the, the resume to my boss. I said, you know, this is someone that we might want to consider. And she immediately looked at the company that this person was coming from and, and pretty much ruled him out. I mean, it wasn't, we, we kind of went through some back and forth and she taught me a little bit about the fact that you know the quality of company that we hire from is really important in the company that I was working at, and so you know it's not just getting out of the military and finding a job; it's getting into an industry leader that will provide the right experience in an A-tier company that has a, a, a reputation of quality um, that military officers can use to continue to further their career. You know, Pete, you talk about the the quality of the company like an A tier and B tier too. And just, just as important as the quality of the company, because there's a lot of great quality companies out there. Um, and I talked about this in point one, getting into a role where you build a track record of success. You talked about the quality of the company and really the marriage of those two things then leads to the third strategy. It's an organization that really gets your experience. So it's, it, all three of these kind of, they come together here mm -hmm. in strategy three. Um, an organization that gets your experience. Again, I'm going to come back to a story here. I've heard this often too. Um, I've interviewed with so-and-so, I've got this, and they're talking about making an offer. And I'll ask, well, what's the offer for? And it's a reasonable offer, but it's probably fifteen dollars to $20,000 less than what they could get through Cameron Brooks. And I'm not saying come to Cameron Brooks for money, but what that says to me is that they don't value that person's experience. They're paying them on a lower level. That's one indication that you're in an organization that doesn't fully value you get that tip off right there. Um, or there's another way, maybe they do value your experience, but they value your functional experience. Therefore your salary will actually be a lot higher, but they're not talking to you about leadership, progression, future, bigger responsibility. So they value your experience, but they value the function, like pilots, uh, people that have maybe acquisitions experience or nuclear power officers, that have nuclear experience. You'll see some of those that can go into those types of roles. Why is it important to find an organization that really gets you and values your experience? 
The statistic that the LinkedIn Veteran Opportunity Report put out in 2019, and I'm sure it hasn't changed, says that 33% of the veterans, and this JMOs were pulled in this as well, felt they were underemployed. I mean, the companies, if you're unemployed, the company doesn't get you. But another big piece is 70% felt like they took a step back in responsibility. I mean, you're getting out probably, one of the common reasons we hear is I want increased responsibility. So why would you get out so that you take a step back in responsibility? It's gonna take you a long time to get above that. So, you know, that's a, it's a, it's, this when we're sharing this information, I mean, this isn't just coming from Cameron This is something that LinkedIn surveyed junior officers and other veterans and why it's important because typically if you're underemployed or taking a step back, you're frustrated. What do you do when you're frustrated? You quit, you start over. It's harder to make that successful transition. Um, you, you know, you've got um, the companies that come to us are A-tier companies, as Pete said. Some of them you've heard of, some of them you've not. Heck, there's companies that sign up every career conference that I've never heard of, but then I do a little research like, wow, this company is really good. And they are like the top performer in their industry. Some of the companies are gonna be like $500 million companies. Some of them are gonna be $50 billion companies. And there's gonna be a range, but the niche that they, they play in, they're well known. And I, there's a company called Globus Medical. I talk to most people, they don't know much about Globus. My, my brother-in-law is the VP of sales in, uh, for the Western region for Strike Orthopedics. And Stryker is one of those billion dollar companies that, every, that everybody in the mental health care company's heard of. You say to him, oh, Globus, says, oh yeah, they're a really good company. They're a really good company, they're doing really well. Um, so within that space, Globus is really known very well. That's the companies that we're going to bring to Cameron Rooks. And there are, you know, Chuck and Lauren, I talked about, they get on the phone, they talk to companies and there are, they do turn companies away. Even in down markets, we turn the company away because we're making promises to you, the military officer, positions that you can excel at and get a track record of success in eight-year organizations and then value you. And so when they don't meet one of those three things, we'll kind of step away. Even, even if it's at a down market and we really need maybe a few more companies to come to the conference, we just don't lower uh, the bar. So how do, we, how do we know who the top tier companies are? We do have new companies at every conference, 20%. Conference, every conference has new companies. Where do they come from? Very rarely is it they come from nowhere, like no connection. Strong connection usually to an alumnus. That's a veteran, obviously, that's come through Cameron Brooks that is now with or associated with that organization They're coming back and so it's been set up or a hiring manager, maybe not an alum, has hired from us in the past. So it's a known entity and they have an inherent knowledge of you. So these three things, they play into each other. And, and maybe it should go the other way around. You get it, yeah, maybe it starts at eight tier. Maybe it should be strategy two, eight tier company. Company that gets you and then, and then do a role that develops a track record of success, building on those three things so that you can make the successful transition. And, I, and, and the reason we just hammered this home at Cameron Brooks is that when you're in the middle of getting out, you're trying to solve pain. And I need a job, I want a good location, I need to buy a certain time, and there's a lot of work to do to do that. So sometimes we solve the immediate pain without really understanding the larger pain and how easy it is 
to, to do those, but then obviously create a different kind of pain in the first year to two, you're changing, you're quitting, starting over and having to do it all over again, which just wrecks havoc with your foundation of your career and sets it off on the wrong trajectory. That's why it's so important on these three things. And I know probably took a little bit away from hope because I know you're going to bring it all to the conclusion for us, but just wanted to, to share those things. I get pretty passionate about it. Well, I think that was great, Joel. Um, I might not need to put a bow on the end of the podcast. I thought that was pretty good. But um, yeah, I, I think there is visibility that the team here has and just experience it from like seeing it in the near term and in the far term. I mean, we have alumni. We, I mean, our company is over 50 years old. So seeing it in action all these years, um, I think can speak to the track record of success for our alumni and what we've seen happen and what, you know, we can advise. So that's a big part of what we do at Cameron Brooks is career planning strategy and how does that fit in your personal goals how does that fit in your professional goals so you know when you are considering a transition I think it is important to consider these three strategies in addition to you know like I you know I need a job right employment after the military but make sure that you are asking yourself you know will this opportunity allow me to build a track record of success and challenge me enough to stay engaged you know is this an industry leading company who can provide these opportunities for me and does the company truly value and know the JMO experience and the leadership and skills that I bring to the table? So um, in conclusion, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you again for joining another roundtable with Pete and Joel. Um, thanks for joining us. This has been Joel, Pete, and Hope, and make it a great day. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Hope and Joel and me talk through three strategies to help military officers move from the military to corporate America. If you wanna see that specific transition guide, you can find it on our website. If you click on free transition resources up in the upper right-hand corner of our website, cameron-brooks.com, and then click on transition guides, you'll see that specific guide as well as a multitude of other transition guides that may help you learn more. As it relates to some more resources, when you go to that free transition resources link, there's webinars, there's a blog, career tips, testimonials, there's all kinds of information right there at your fingertips that you can use in order to gather more information as it relates to making the move or potentially making the move from the military to corporate America. All right, stay tuned for our next episode. On the next one, we're gonna release in two weeks. Joel's gonna interview one of our alumni, Nick Henderson, and talk about his transition and making the move to corporate America. So stay tuned for that one, and we'll catch you again in two weeks. Make it a great day.